Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Morningstar. Before we start, I, I just need to take, you know, Trump has been recommending some medicine. I, I need I need to take my daily chlor- chloroquine. Um, uh-huh. And what I like about chloroquine <laughs> is that it cleans the algae off my internal organs, and it also makes me convulse and um, start frothing at the mouth. Are you a small town community pool? Why do you have all of that inside of you? Well, it's well, it's fish tank cleaner. Oh. But it also doesn't solve the 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 COVID-19 problem, which is why I like to use it because it's a basically boric acid that's oh. going inside of your body and just ripping apart your organs. But well, I but Trump has said, you know, it might work, so I'm I'm giving it a shot. Sure. Um I, although I did just read that two people died in Arizona taking it um on the recommendation that uh, chloroquine, which is different from the actual medicine, the arthritis medicine that Trump was referring to. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it really puts some pep in my step, and like I, and like I said, the fish love it. I have said this before, and I'll say it again: you're the fish tank of podcasters. Thank you. You're always clean, always full of a bunch of wonderful information and wildlife. Uh, Doctor Trump, we say President Trump, but let's be honest. Let's be real. It's Doctor Trump. He has been giving press conferences the entire week, and my God, do I feel reassured. I hope everyone is doing all right out there, uh, staying safe, uh, mostly inside, unless you got to walk your dog or walk your kid. I don't know what parenting is like, but I would assume at some point you got to get him outside and have him run around a little bit so they could possibly, maybe, go to sleep at some point during the night. Uh, we are getting through all of this together. We still don't know when the pandemic ends. We don't know when the quarantine is over. But a few things we do know, and we're going to talk about today, the DOJ, the Department of Justice, never let any tragedy go unused. They are, much like they did after 9-11, expanding their powers. And we are going to talk about what they want to expand and who needs the Constitution. When we have the coronavirus. Also, Travis is going to break down a bit of this $2 trillion. That's right. $2 trillion stimulus bill. And I thought the Democrats were the ones who wanted to spend us into oblivion. Turns out that's not necessarily the case. So Travis will break down 
Where, where is that money going? How are we allocating this $2 trillion stimulus plan? Obviously, we need to help out small businesses. We need to help out individuals. And I will also talk about how we need to freeze rent here in New York State, New York City, and all across this country. And there is a Queens congressman uh, who is putting forward a bill that would do just that. So we'll talk a bit about that. I suppose first off, because we do this quite a bit on the show, we sort of we critique the media. Yes. Travis and I were talking before the show. If you watch MSNBC, Fox, CNN, Cheddar News, RT, whatever the hell you watch, they are counting up the coronavirus deaths and the coronavirus uh, amount of people who have gotten the coronavirus. Uh, they are counting up. They're making it like a scoreboard. And, yes. and it's like watching a football game that is the it's the highest scoring football game of all time. They're treating it like a sport. And, and like even any, to the point where <laughs> yes. they have their own their own mascot. mascot. Yeah. I mean, I, it like any football game, there's Mr. COVID-19. I love him. Standing off to the side doing backflips. I mean, they, every chance they get, they show the globule, the, right. the like microbial man himself mr covid19 on mm. screen and for some reason it it infuriates me because yes. they, they might as well just put some mickey mouse ears on it or something and give it the full anthropomorphic treatment they want to give it i'm make, happy make it i'm talk ha- i'm happy talk i'm happy you said the anthropomorphic word because we were talking before and i was like anthro i was like travis you say it so god knows thank you thank you for being here Yes, they are making it sort of like the Shreky stepbrother of the Musinex man. Yes. I don't like humanizing the virus. I understand people need to put it into their brains so they have an idea of what we're fighting in this virtual World War Three that Donald Trump has said we are in the midst of, uh, despite the fact that during World War II and World War One, people were going to work, uh, not being held back from work. There was the massive boom when it comes to steel, when it comes to manufacturing, not so much during the coronavirus the, outbreak. The problem with visual stuff, because I understand you have to put something on a screen, but uh, the thing that I really think that should be being shown more instead of these flashy graphics right. with with the the spikes that they, they like to describe uh COVID-19 as sort of a spiked ball yes and so it's like okay I get that we want to we want to show that um what we need to see and I think what the administration needs to see as well is actual the situation in hospital rooms yes the expansions of hospitals the the fact that the javits center is being turned into a military hospital Mm -hmm. currently Mm -hmm. we don't have those visuals and i i'm a little i mean i guess there is a sort of delicacy with uh, there's a delicateness with which you have to approach this stuff you can't show uh, someone dying in a bed but you know it is the kind of visuals that people have not seen yet and they almost there's an incredulity because those visuals have not come out there are a lot of uh, chinese and south korean visuals but those don't really sort of translate uh i here i actually don't think they are being delicate i think they're being purposely manipulative they want the viewers they want the eyes on the prize they want the eyes on the product and they know american audiences don't like to see reality they don't like to see the reality of war they don't like to see the reality of death we are so guarded in this country and when you watch foreign news sky news um al jazeera 
There is a real war going on, and you actually see the blood. You see the tears. You see the father holding his daughter as uh, as she's a corpse in his hands. In America, we see the bombs. We see the big blow ups with zero understanding of the devastation uh, that is caused after those bombs land. And it's the same thing with coronavirus. We're seeing a lot of the periphery stuff. Yes. But we're not seeing what does it actually look like in American hospitals. And I think that that is because these people are so driven by ads that they don't want to have any risk of making someone say, you, and turn the channel. It's crazy, though, because I am somebody who consumes a lot of news media. And yet, the only, like you said, the peripheral stuff is what we're seeing. I'm seeing... Yes. The governor of West Virginia encouraged people to eat at Bob Evans. Like, well, Bob that's Evans the kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it, he might to, be related to Bob Evans. To be, be fair, <laughs> uh, but, but that's the kind of media I'm seeing about the COVID nineteen stuff. Yes. Like, I am not seeing. I had to really kind of dig up video of of hospital stuff. And of course, what's going on right now? I was just talking with my therapist yesterday uh, via FaceTime. He is working in the hospital right now. He said their ventilator systems are completely full. It is very um, turbulent right now. If you are sick or injured and it's not coronavirus related, you will most likely not be seen. As a matter of fact, something hit a little close to home today for me. I got a text message from my dad. My mother had fallen off of her bike. She broke her arm. Uh, She's 66 years old. She's going to get through it. She's going to be okay. But at any age, especially once you get past the 60s, you hear about a broken bone and you're like, damn, OK, we got to take this seriously uh, once they get to that age. She went to the hospital. They braced her up. They put the cast on and then they were like, get get yeah. out of here because they could not hold her overnight, which they would have done in any other circumstance. So we have the coronavirus situation happening where there's not enough beds. There's still people getting the flu. There's still people getting in car accidents. Yeah. There's still people falling off their bikes and breaking their arm. All of that other stuff is still happening. So that is, well, that is why the, this is such that a... Is the, that is the problem with that this. That is yeah. the problem. Um, and, and again, that conversation isn't really being had. It's all corona all the time. But what happens if you just break your ankle... Uh, or you lose a toe when you were trying to lawnmower up a hill, which my friend's dad actually did growing up. He tried to mow the lawn up a small hill right after it rained, and he lost his toe because he's a moron, and you lose a toe when you do something that stupid. But now you would just have to put it on ice in your own living room, watch Mori Povich, and hope for the best. We, so it's very dangerous yeah. for a lot of people. We are about to become some real rugged individualists. You hey. Know? That the we're gonna have some real life on the prairie kind of stuff because I, you know or uh, or a uh, uh, Oregon Trail kind of lifestyles. Ooh. We're gonna all die of dysentery because we can't go to the hospital because everyone is is uh, filling those those beds up. The and, nice thing and, with dysentery though, it gives you a good body flush. Yeah, which I think we Us, all need. Yeah, it's it, very Gwyneth Paltrow. It's the Gwyneth Paltrow of. Uh, of venereal problems. You died of acai bowl. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my, my, my mommy also has been directly impacted. Her, She was a, a hairstylist and her hair salon went out of, you know, they, they closed yep. up. They shuttered business. And, you know, the thing about this new stimulus bill is that it does, uh, luckily, it does uh, provide for unemployment. It does. However, if you're at a service job where, you know... When I was a waiter, I made like something like five bucks an hour because it was a tip-based job. That's right. So, 
all these employers have to do is supply that $5 an hour wage. Or, you know, in the case of a hair salon, they don't pay them uh, a good hourly wage. It's right. all tip-based. Yes. So we're about to experience, I mean, just uh, as of March 21st, the unemployment uh, numbers were 3.3 million people out of a job. Uh, so the so question, this is going to hit people more than they really thought that it would. And that is a very interesting point that you bring up. I, for one, am pro tip. Um, people tend to make more money statistically if they do if a if a bar does the tip. As far as like that's how they make earn most of their cash. There was actually a place called the Pit People's Improv Theater here in New York. A guy named uh, the dude named uh, Ali. Ali owned it. And you knew he owned it because he had a, a lot of paintings of himself yes, all around the pit. It. it was his little shrine. He was the Bhagavan Antle, Dr. I, Bhagavan I, Antle, yes, yes. Uh, of course, from uh, Joe Exotic's Tiger King. He was the Bhagavan of of improv, uh, at least in that little facility. He went with paying the bartenders about 15 bucks an hour, so no tips. And all of them said that they were just getting so much less money. So I, I agree that tipping can bring people more money in the service industry. But then we also have to look at situations like this. And this is why we need social safety nets. This is why we're talking about the Trump administration is talking about a one-time payment of $3,000 to a family of four or more. That number would go exponentially lower depending on the amount of people uh, that would be served by it. And of course, someone like myself, most likely Travis would ha make too much money to get anything. Um, so, you know, which is the way it should be. If you can afford life, then we don't need anything from the government. This is for people who are struggling. So I don't have any problem with that. But we do need to have a safety net in place for situations like this. Is this going to be a new normal now that the government has seen that they can pull this off now that they've seen that people will cooperate? And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying this is the new reality. Is this something that we are going to be seeing more in the future? And if so, what are we going to put in place? What systemic thing are we going to put in place to ensure that these people don't fall to their death, plunge to their death as if they're doing a high wire act? Uh, we need to have a net that catches them, rebounds them, throws them back up, and hopefully allows them to continue to work in the future. So that is what we're talking about. Well, And we'll get to that when it comes to the stimulus bill yes. that we'll talk about here in a second. I want to talk a little bit about no tragedy goes unused yes specifically by the government this re this is uh involves the department of justice so they are seeking new emergency powers and for those again it is just my generation but after 9-11 the patriot act was shoehorned through it was abysmal for our civil rights the patriot act is one of the worst things that the u.s has ever put into place and now we're seeing the doj use this tragedy use this outbreak as another reason to expand their powers so how do they want to do it the department of justice has asked congress for the ability to ask chief judges to detain people indefinitely without trial during emergencies this is so beyond this is so this is such an affront to our constitution just because we're in dire times just because we're in a unique situation does not mean the constitution should be thrown out the window and this to me is so atrocious that it's not being covered on the news they're too busy you know playing with the playing with the coronavirus guy i maybe they named him ted i have no idea this, to me, is so scary, 
and so frightening, the audacity or the idea that the government can hold someone indefinitely without trial, treating us like they did the prisoners at Guantanamo Bay. Why or why would someone be arrested? Let's say they break curfew. Let's say we go and... 8 p.m. curfew hard. If you're not indoors, you get picked up. All of a sudden, you get picked up because you're on the street at 8.15. Next thing you know, you're being held indefinitely. They're not doing trials because they can't open up the courtroom because of the coronavirus. You're there for three weeks, four weeks, a month. God knows how long you're there. Now you're in the system. You are just one in a series of people. You're in the back of the line like you're at Walt Disney World and you didn't get the easy pass. You're standing there for months, perhaps. Your family is in disarray. You've now lost your job if you didn't already lose it, all because the DOJ has decided to expand their powers to detain people indefinitely. I don't care what the pandemic is. I don't care what the war is. I don't care what the crisis is. This should not be happening. And the fact that the DOJ is doing this secretly and quietly yes it tells you that they know that people are going to be livid if they find out that their civil their civil liberties civil rights have been completely stripped away because we're going through a pandemic another one of the uh the sort of <laughs> the practical realities of some of the DOJ changes were like having a trial Zoom teleconference. So like imagine getting sentenced to death over Skype, like how embarrassing that would be. Um, but last week I did say, I think very naively, I was like, oh man, what if what if this crisis um, somehow resulted in like a whole new deal sort of thing? Like, what Oh, if, something good? Yeah. What if, what if, <laughs> I, I, I'm always so like foolishly naively optimistic yeah. about these kind of things no that's but, why that's why i love you so much because i've been doing the show a little <laughs> bit longer you've been doing the show i think now for two years permanently i i don't even remember. i think about two years and your brain after you follow this stuff for like a decade your brain just i was like man it goes it, it man, takes the all, turn all, for the truth all you have to do is have some senators kind of like push yeah. them around a bit and be like hey here are some social welfare policies that we need to put in place now yeah and then of course I am completely abysmally wrong because yeah. this is all, I mean, it, we see it every every time a crisis occurs, right? With 9-11, uh, our civil liberties being just of completely gr- grabbed from us. Um, but also Katrina, where Good a lot point. of these same policies were, a lot of these like uh, pro-free market, quote unquote, uh, policies were put in place. Also, by the way, the people that oversaw the Katrina crisis Release, relief, yeah. uh, Mike Pence was in charge of that. By the way, I don't and know what you, a job he did! He was a part, he was the uh, he was the head of the Heritage Foundation that that oh my God. laid out the plans that. that then privatized everything and uh, made a lot of corporations a lot of money uh, on the yeah. backs of people's incredibly trying times. Yeah, you can't you cannot pay but the what, flooding away. What we found in this, or is, you can I'm sorry, you cannot pray the flooding away. And this is what I want to recommend for for viewing is there's a uh, there's a documentary called uh, The Shock Doctrine by uh, Mm, Naomi Klein. And it really lays out, this is no surprise. You know, every time there is a crisis, good things do not happen uh, as sort of, you would think that maybe this this would be a time. A wake-up call. A wake-up call. Hey, this is, look, we have no social safety net. But instead, it's when uh, a lot of corporations do craven grabs at power mm-hmm. it's when mm-hmm. it's when the government comes down cracks down and, and takes civil liberties uh in 2008 we found that uh you know a bunch of big corporations got bailed out and yeah. those corporations then paid uh bonuses to their execs and laid off or uh, laid yep. off a large portion of their workforce boeing for example yep. and we're about to see that happen again yep. in 2020 you know what's very interesting 
I understand. I'm not one of these people who doesn't believe the economy matters. The economy matters because people have to have jobs to when all of this is done. They have to have jobs to go to. I don't even necessarily mind giving corporations money. What I mind is they don't allocate that fund, those funds, to their employees. As Travis just said, they fire them, they lay them off, and they hoard all of the money that is given to them by the government, which is why human nature is not good enough for trickle-down economics. You have to th- we just don't have we – are, we are squirrels, we are hoarders, and we are definitely uh, in love – with our own money because it feeds our ego. So I understand we need to save the economy. I also believe if we're going to give these corporations this much money, and again, Travis is going to break down how much money they're getting, there needs to be a safeguard, a guarantee that that money will be going down to the employees. And we haven't seen it. We've never seen it. And without that, then this is nothing more than corporate welfare, the corporate safety net, which is really just helping these people. They're not walking on a tightrope 40 feet above the stage. They're work, They're walking on a six-foot plank, one foot off the ground. These people do not need no. the safety net, but they are getting it. And I believe the government always tells that lie. They always say the line where, well, you pay the corporations, the corporations are going to pay their employees, and then they have jobs to go back to. In reality, the corporations hoard the money, they fire the employees, those jobs are never reopened, those employees go on welfare, and now we have the vicious cycle. And then it's it's this cycle that then the government can say, well, look at all these people who are demanding welfare from us, demonize the people who are just totally screwed over from the economic system, criticize them for being lazy, stupid, whatever it might be, unskilled. Meanwhile, the corporate welfare is being spent on yachts, planes, God knows what else, but in plants, uh, well, the people suffer and the government continues to cut their social benefits, such as welfare. Yeah, the the idea that a CEO's like existential purpose is to provide like the idea that they're like I need to pay my employees. Exactly. Is extremely naive, even no, more is. naive than me. Uh It really is. And you know, the interesting thing is when I was thinking I was talking to my friend Mike about this the other day. He's he's a little bit more Republican and uh he actually agreed with me on this. Many countries have a policy where a CEO can't make I believe it's like 20 times or 30 times more than their average employee. Right. I think that something like that would make sense. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the corporation. The corporation can still be a multinational corporation making God knows trillions of dollars, billions and billions, whatever. I'm talking about the CEOs themselves. Why would a CEO need to get 20 million bucks a year when their employees are making 40K a year? There is That is the wealth disparity. That is why we have... No middle class. We call it a shrinking middle class. This is Costanza style. This is George Costanza shrinkage. We have no middle class. It is it is a dick in cold, cold ice water right now. It is gone. It's in the body. It is over with. The middle class is being decimated because we see these CEOs making so much more than their average workers. So perhaps putting in place something like average employee the average uh, employee income CEOs cannot make more than 30% of that and i guarantee you if that does happen you'll see income of the average employee go up yeah without a doubt so we have so many ways to fix this and as travis just said 
a tragedy like this, a pandemic like this could be used for good. But of course, instead, it is being used to expand government power and expand the corporate welfare state. So let's actually go to the stimulus bill now. We don't know if it has passed the House yet. That will be happening very soon. That's on Friday. That will be on Friday. We are recording this on Thursday of this week. I believe it's, what is it, the 25th? The 26th. The 26th. What is day? What are days anymore? Uh, Everything really is. I mean, I am just, I count the days by the number of, Monk episodes I'm on at this point. <laughs> You're doing Monk, huh? Yeah, I've, I've transitioned into post-Sharona wow. episodes of Monk. So See, that's, that's that's generational. I'm a Columbo guy. I'm a oh, Columbo guy. Monk, I'm sorry. You know, as this as the coronavirus rages on, you, we all just have to look back and, and really admit that Monk was right. Monk was right. Be clean. Stay six feet away from me. Hand me a wipe. Monk was right. Okay, introverts. But, you're, uh, you're having your time in the sun, introverts. I'm telling you. Extroverts revolt. So by the end of April, extroverts are going to start revolting. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. So last night, the Senate approved a $2.2 trillion coronavirus economic response package. Okay. And just to give, you know... 2008, our last uh, recession, our last major recession, that economic stimulus package was all around about $800 billion. Okay. So this is more than twice. Damn. This is more than twice. Okay. Um, and uh, so if you are listening to this, you are most likely going to be receiving a $1,200 check in the mail one time. One time check. And that is going to, that better, that better last you. Well- now that is one of the better parts of the bill. Oh, absolutely! That it, is something I actually that, agree with. Give we got to give some money to the people. That's a good way to stimulate the economy. Now this is this has been driven down though. Yes. This is there were a lot of Democratic senators, Sherrod Brown, Bernie Sanders. Mm. I love Sherrod Brown. Uh, I really wish he would have ran for president. There was a little bit of talk about him, like you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories around going around because Joe Biden is like a is like tuxedo mask suddenly. He's like, I, did you watch? Did you watch the coronavirus 10 minute Twitter spiel that oh, he gave? Yeah. Well, he's standing in front of a green screen of a of some kind of library. And uh, he's it, it was all like some uh, <laughs> digital illusion where he's like he's standing next to a bonsai bunny, a uh, bonsai yeah. buddy and uh, uh, the, the crazy frog from the ringtones. Mm-hmm. Man. No, so, I mean, that is the kind of disappearing act that is causing people to have these theories about Cuomo, right. about Sherrod Brown. As far as someone replacing Joe yes, Biden. Yes. yes, They're like, oh, we'll just wait. We'll just have him be uh, a warm body until somebody <laughs> competent can stand in. Because Bernie Sanders is such, it, it's so, 
infeasible for these people to 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 not believe that Bernie Sanders could take over. But well, it uh, reminds me quite a bit of 2016 too. I don't know if you remember when Ted Cruz, uh, he had his vice presidential candidate chosen, Carly Fiorino, and yes. he had no chance of winning. And Ted Cruz was like, I've picked my VP. And everyone's like, you are not going to win the nomination. But there was so much conversation. How are we going to get Trump out of there at the RNC? How are we going to do it at the convention? And it is much more difficult than people think. So I, despite all of the um, maybe hopes that Joe Biden will be replaced, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen either. I think he's going to lose badly to trump well maybe we'll we'll follow it um we'll follow it but yeah that's my prediction which is you know how those go no but, always uh, right everything we say on this show it turns out to be correct uh prophecy it's just a prophecy after prophecy prophecy after prophecy um but yeah you would say that this 1200 check oh that's great well it, it is a one-time thing and also it is means tested which is which was heavily emphasized uh in deliberations which means that they're not just going to give everyone a $1,200 check. If it, and they're using 2018 IRS information about you to determine this. So, for example, if you had a job that paid you $75,000 a year in 2018, uh, and then you maybe lost your job or you got a different job that paid you uh, less than that, you are not going to get a $1,200 check in 2020. Right, right. So it is really a strange, strangely like arbitrarily means tested thing yeah. that seems to be like, oh, we're we're trying to save money uh, by by not. We don't want poor people to have too much money. I is guess essentially the, essentially the 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 problem here. I I actually do, I understand what they're saying. Again, this is the same thing I've said about Bernie Sanders. I don't want to pay for rich people's college. If you don't need the money, the government shouldn't be giving you the money. But yeah, you're right. 2018, a lot can change. Between 2018 and 2019, so there will be some people who are in need of this uh, support that aren't going to get it. And also, just as a side note, I mean, $1,200, that would have done me really well in Georgia, you yeah. know, but living in New York City. Well, that's a whole, but we live in New York City. Well, living on the East, in the East Coast, living in, in uh, you know, in any city on the the eastern seaboard or the western uh, coast this that money's not going to go very far at all it's going to be great for somebody who lives in Hinesville Georgia or something yeah. but uh, this is not a good number and it, the fact that it's once it's just a one time check that is so that is such a slap in the face to me i mean it's you good know, it's I actually, good I it's think good it's, that we have it at yeah. all my, and actually i was not i was not 100% sure, i was not 100% sure that people would get this check at all. So a $1,200 check in cooperation with something like what's being proposed right now by State Senator Michael uh, Yarnis. Yarnis? Giannis? Uh He wants to stop rent for the next payments for the next 90 days. He introduced legislation that would suspend rent payments for 90 days and for smaller landlords provide mortgage forgiveness for the same period of time. He cites a case of a 33-year-old, Yarismi Guillermo, this month, she lost her job because she was sick. Uh, this is what she had to say, how she lost her job. She says, they called me and said, effective immediately, we will no longer be needing your services. I said, okay. And then they said, we'll send you a letter letting you know about your termination. And that was it. The uh, state senator says, these people, many of which live paycheck to paycheck, no longer have a paycheck. And so I don't know how anyone can expect the rent to be paid on April 
first. Uh, at the city level, several politicians have proposed their own renter's relief. During a press conference, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, who I know quite well, I ran against him, explains that a renter's security deposit could be used twofold. He would like to see city landlords give renters the option of using their security deposit to cover next month's rent or to get it back in cash. This is what he said. He said they could receive that money to pay for food, pay for other emergency items, to pay for all issues that coronavirus has destabilized how people are living every day. I don't think that Eric Adams goes far enough. I don't believe that he's a... I actually think he's a horrible, horrible leader. He wants to run for mayor, and uh, he's tried to divide the the borough and the people of New York, uh, telling people to go back to Iowa, These all these kinds of things. He put a massive poster, a, a huge a 20-foot picture of himself outside of the Brooklyn Borough uh, Hall, and everyone's like, you're not a king. Get this out of here. He really hasn't done much. He takes money from big pharmaceutical companies through the roof, despite the fact he'll talk about talk a big game about getting medicine and getting Medicare and getting uh, medical services to those people who are in need, but he does not do anything. He's getting a lot of money from huge corporate interests. He's a total con man and a complete scam artist. The bill that the state senator is putting forth, however, I think has a lot more teeth and is something that we need in cooperation with the $1,200 one-time payment, which they have said they could do again if the coronavirus continues. But there is no reason why these huge landlord companies, they should be able to... They should be able to handle... They have a safety net. They have money. Small landlords, it's a little bit of a different thing. But these massive landlord corporations, they're as corrupt as it can possibly get. Oh, yeah. They have the money and renters deserve uh, to be given a break, specifically renters. I was talking to my friend Jordan Temple, an amazing comedian. Government housing right now, people pay to live in government housing, uh, which some people question if they even should do that, uh, given the standards of government housing. But they, those people, without a doubt, government people who live in government housing, without a doubt, need rent relief. Um, during this time so anyway the twelve hundred dollars in cooperation with something like that i think that that could be very beneficial except now i mean that is not put into place that so, is not put so in place this is being optimistic so you have twelve hundred dollars to do with you you better you better plan that out which if, is a month's rent in new york it's literally a month's rent for yeah, most people or for, the majority me, of it will yeah. go to, to rent but the, see, the thing about the bill that uh i, I do want to illustrate is that the corporations, the bigger corporations, are the ones who pretty much uh, benefit mostly from yes. this bill. Yep. Actually, not even mostly, by far, by the far. corporations uh, benefit the most. And you'll see that even though, even though you're getting a direct payment of twelve hundred dollars, they do not. They are just sending it out willy nilly. Like they do not care if if you are like maybe a more transient person. Uh, maybe you're not at the same address as the 2018 uh, information. This is all this. They said, here's your here's your little check. Here's right. your crumb. Uh, leave us alone. And there there's no like uh, there's no like Federal Reserve linked bank account that uh, we can all rely on or anything like that. It's just sort of if you grab your check, congratulations, you get a check. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the some of the more lower income people. This is not so simple as like having a permanent address that is the check is being sent sure. to. Or, I mean, a lot of these people don't have uh, direct deposit linked accounts with the IRS. There's always going to be people that fall through the cracks. They're going to fall through the cracks. And, Absolutely. And a lot of those people are the people that we're trying to save or, you know, uh, sensibly 
but th- those people are going to fall through the cracks, and the government is like, look, we tried. There's your $12 and that is, check. And that is all why we need local governments to find the people in their neighborhoods that are falling through the cracks and get them, the find them and connect them with this federal money because, let's be honest, the federal government, especially Trump's federal government, which is much smaller at the executive level, they are not. Yeah. They do not have the people. They do not have the ability uh, to really get this get this check in the hands of everyone that needs it. So that would require local officials to step up, do their freaking jobs, and make sure the people in their community are getting this thing that is being given to them. Now, here's a two-prong part of the stimulus bill that okay. would otherwise seem... These all seem like otherwise good-intentioned. Sure. But the unemployment thing... You have, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders is what is the senator who fought actually to get unemployment 100 uh, percent because that was not going to go into the bill before he fought for it. So essentially you are going to get unemployment uh, now that is that is guaranteed. And thank Bernie Sanders for that, because, you know, the left and the right, this bill is really it's kind of worse on both sides uh some of the pet projects that nancy pelosi put in there for npr for uh oh i forget there was another one for uh for the uh the lincoln center all of these things that have nothing to do with the coronavirus that they were jamming in i'm like this is how it works this is how all those pet projects get funded kind of in the in the dark of night it's 35 million in a two trillion dollar bill who cares well this is how we have such a bloated government, and this is why the American people don't trust these folks. If they can't get a clean coronavirus bill, yeah, then what the hell? I mean, good, the only bill that we got clean was the Iraq War. So what sucks is that you're going to get unemployment. You're uh, if you're a small business owner, there has been 350 billion dollars set aside for quote unquote forgivable loans, okay. and that means if you pay your employees on staff, you will somehow get sort of uh, forgiven for this loan. Okay. Um, but you have to yeah, keep everyone paid on on, uh, on payroll. The thing is, these this money is going into the unemployment systems in each state. And those, right. and those systems are notoriously bad and creaky and fall apart even at normal unemployment rates. So you have these websites and these phone numbers and these offices, the, the bureaucracy of these states that deal with unemployment already failing right. before the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you have th- you have 3.3 million people unemployed and these systems are going to absolutely collapse in on themselves, even though the government will say, hey, we did our part. Here's the money. Uh, good luck getting that money is the problem. Good well, luck getting the money if you are unemployed wherever you are. And this is why we've talked about this on the show all the time. Politics are local. This is why voting in these local elections matter. Because it really is going to rely on your local politicians from the governor on down. Uh, Governor obviously being a big fish here. It's going to require all of these little fish to get together and actually get this money to the right place. And as Travis said, which is completely 1000% correct, these governments have been, these local governments and state governments have been abysmal at figuring out how to allocate these funds appropriately. And if you're trying to get, uh, if you're trying to get your small business loan, uh, you have to go through the Small Business Administration, which is now yes. universally recognized as one of the worst agencies in the federal government. So we so need you are get you are you have the shittiest service yeah. to get your to get your loan or to get your uh, unemployment. <sighs> um, whereas, <There's>, yeah. <laughs> whereas the four point five trillion corporate money 
the dollars worth of money. And, by, and I say $4.5 trillion because there is a... Basically, they are going through the Federal Reserve and they have an opportunity to ask for more. There's right. a, there is a service lane that is being given to corporation CEOs to say, hey, I actually need more than the... So can you can you break down the numbers again, though? So 1.2... So 1200 bucks per person that, that, that gets it. And then how much do the small businesses get? Small businesses get... Three hundred fifty billion to be, to be you know, to be doled out among small businesses. And this is national. This is national. This is every now small the, business. And the thing about no, so the thing about the small businesses, that's all small businesses up to four hundred and ninety nine employees. So actually, Trump, he is going to use the small business fund to uh, pay for his hotels. That seems to me the number is too large. Yeah, I feel like fifty and under. That's that's, that's what a I, small business. That's to what me. I would say if you were to ask a person on the street. Yes, we I think have, that's what you would hear. How many people work at LPN? We have seven, seven full on staff. Seven, yeah, seven. I would say seven. For us, that this is a small business. This is a small business. Four hundred and ninety nine. Yeah. Oh my god! So you have Dang. so on top of the small business administration, which is okay. like a nightmare. You have huge. I mean, relatively huge corporations like Trump's hotel chain vying for that money. Damn! Against, oh, very interesting. Against your muffin shop, right? Or whatever. Yep. Uh, so there, there is yep. this like la- the complete disregard for tr- uh, scale when it comes to small business. That is really, really interesting, Travis. Thank you for bringing that yeah. to, to the audiences and my attention. That is a huge scam. That is not a small business no. payout. That is a massive business payout. Four hundred ninety-nine employees is a hell of a lot of employees. Most bars. I would figure maybe they have what do you got? Uh, let's let's think about Carmine's, right? Carmine's my favorite sports yes. bar here in uh, in Brooklyn in Williamsburg. You got probably ten people that work the pizza shop. You got the you got the cooks. Probably seven more people there. You got the three bartenders. We're looking at probably twenty to twenty five people. That's a small business. Yeah. Four hundred and ninety nine is a corporation. Yeah, and so then we're also learning. You know, another thing's like, oh, this is great. The hospital industry, which is separate from the corporations, uh, receives $100 billion. But instead of nationalizing uh, the supply chain for those the medical equipment, they are letting the hospitals compete for the equipment, which then drives up the prices of all that equipment. So that $100 billion is going to be spent on like four supply chain operators. Wow. Uh, all vi- the, all these hospitals are going to be competing. You know, I, this is, I don't know if you watch any of the Cuomo pressers. I, the, oh, the, I watch the, my Cuomo. The crisis daddy pressers. Yes. But, you know, he was saying these uh, these masks, originally they costed 85 cents. Right. Now, they, the number, the price I- increases by day. So, last, last time he mentioned it, it was $7 a mask. That is a, you know, thousands of uh, percent oh. jump in price. And when you're buying masks for 50,000 medical workers, I mean, that money is going to be eaten up by some faceless corporation making these masks. It's a good day to be in the mask business. Uh, but This is why yeah. I'm a capitalist. Everyone knows that. I invest in the markets. I, I think that capitalism is, is, is a good thing overall. I think it's a net win. Um, but when it comes to supply and demand... Supply and demand economics should never be attached to healthcare. This is not about supply no. and freaking demand. This is about getting people, getting doctors, uh, the medical equipment they need to save lives. I, that's why it's, 
I, that's why Bernie, I was talking again with my more conservative friend what about Bernie Sanders, Medicare for all. I don't think you can kick 180 million people off of health insurance, private health insurance. But I also think with that, we can get to a single payer option. Yes. Which for me, I am totally happy with. Single payer was shocking in 2012. I know we're about 10 years past that now. If we could get to single payer option, if we can get that, I think the entire healthcare system would be better. But this is why supply and demand economics, when it comes to our personal health, is not effective and is completely, it's economically immoral. So yeah, that's all the quote unquote, you know, benevolent money yeah. that, you know, there's also $150 billion going out to uh, state and local governments. Many of the governors saying not enough. Well, we you. got 3 million here coming into New York. Yes. I think it was, I mean, I'm sorry, 3 billion, 3.5 right. billion coming in uh, here for New York, which as Travis just alluded to is going to be gone very very fast so along with the federal government stimulus plan which as we just pointed out is going to massive international corporations and very little if any of that money will trickle down to the working class if that does if that stands alone it is not even close to covering what we have to cover it is up to us to trust our state governments to allocate those funds appropriately, which again, that is a hard thing to do. When you have people like Kemp out in Georgia, when you have these Republican, mostly all of them, um, but when you have these people who are so in line with large corporate interest, other than Sherrod Brown, who I absolutely love, yeah. I can't really think of anyone else I would trust. So the new law would establish a $4.5 trillion corporate bailout fund overseen by Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin with few substantive constraints. Some outlets are reporting this as a $500 billion fund, mm -hmm. but $425 billion of that can be leveraged 10 times over by the Federal Reserve, resulting in a multi-trillion dollar program. Oh, crazy. And so just sort of finally about the, the stimulus bill as it pertains to corporations. So while individuals and small businesses have to go through these kind of inadequate, uh, creaky systems... Uh, that cannot be relied upon. Corporate America, Boeing, uh, etc., yeah. gets the sort of velvet rope service of the Federal Reserve. And I said before, four point five trillion dollars. The the bill calls for two point two trillion. Right. So how do they double that? So they they basically with the hit of you know with the hit of a keystroke, they say, okay, we actually need more. And the Federal Reserve, literally the people in charge of making money. We'll say, okay, the, the, in these strict, extraordinary circumstances, we will provide you basically more tax revenue than the entire <laughs> United States of America receives in a year. <sighs> but um, It's unbelievable. The fact that we have these <laughs> huge corporations not paying taxes, now, it's, big, it's just mind-numbing. Here's a here's a where, you know, the absolute bullshittery of the Democrats sort of fighting back on Republican parts of this bill oh how brave one they the, were one of the big things you know bernie was fighting for unemployment which yes. is practical it was real absolutely. and now we have it money is going to people who will lose their jobs absolutely a lot of the democrats were fighting for oversight of what is being called this slush fund this you know these multi-trillion dollar uh bailout fund for corporations mm -hmm. and they said oh we need we need oversight and trump said you know what that oversight is me um, well, they fought him on that, and you know what? They won. And that oversight that, that they, they fought for, it literally means they get a report after that money is distributed. They get amongst, a TPS report? They get a TPS oh, report wow. after the money is sent to corporations. So once Boeing receives uh, $900 billion uh, because the CEO asked for it, right. as you do, they get a little printout that says, 
CEO of Boeing gets nine hundred billion dollars. Not to uh, mention, just, uh, just FYI, that's like it's an FYI that gets sent to Democratic senators and uh, Congress people. Not to mention, Boeing's had a hell of a year with a few plane crashes and a couple of different yeah, design flaws that uh, cost people their lives. So, yeah. Are they? They're trying to perfect the plane crash. They want. Ah. They're trying to turn it into sort of a Cirque du Soleil ballet of fire and destruction. And I think no. with nine hundred billion dollars, they're going to get it just right. Now I could see that working. I could see that working. Of course, the Democrats don't have much of a light to stand on when it comes to government spending, specifically in bailout situations with Obama bailing out uh, the banks and the car industry in 2008. So for them, it's not as if they can really come at uh, the Republicans and say, you're 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 being fiscally irresponsible because the Republicans are supposed to be fiscally responsible. But as we have seen with the deficit growing uh, and the constant amount of debt that this country is in because of overspending seven hundred billion dollars, I believe now going to the military every year because that's what we need. Uh, neither side is fiscally responsible in any sense of the word. The only people that are forced to be fiscally conservative in this country are the working class people who have to budget $1,200 over the course of perhaps four months. Four months, $1,200 over the course of four months. Hopefully they can get some more money than that, but also just on a regular basis uh, live off of extremely different, difficult salaries to budget. So the only people who have to be responsible, again, are the people that the money is not trickling down to. And if if you're one of these, basically if you're a vulnerable, lower income person, good luck working with these ancient dinosaur oh bureaucrats to it's try to get your money while well, while corporations get to work with the federal reserve like via instant messenger and basically say i need this money now direct deposit to me and that that is how night and day the services uh, of distribution of this wealth is right. being is being panned out. And that brings up another point for people who do have a little bit more uh, coin in their pockets right now, someone like myself, for example, uh, that can help out. How do you help out? Uh, a lot of, I was talking again with my therapist who was in the hospital when he was speaking with me via FaceTime, and I was like, where should we give? What charity should we give? Because here at LPN, we're trying to find a way to, uh, to help out as many people as possible. I mentioned the United Way, and he said sort of something that I had felt, but I wanted to get just some kind of collaboration by someone who is in the healthcare industry. And he said, yes, your money goes to the bureaucracy. Your money does not go to anything. Very, very little, about 5% goes to money. But I believe that a good charity, and this is the one that we're going to be donating to, is called One Fair Wage. Uh, Evidently, this charity, it's a little bit smaller, uh, but it looks as if the majority of money goes to the actual people that they say it goes to. Once you get into these huge multinational air quotes, charity corporations, that money is swept up so fast, no one that needs it gets it. So one fair wage is where we are going to be going. And these are essentially big funds where you yourself can directly apply for the the financial aid. Yes. And another good one is the uh, the Restaurant Workers Community Foundation, where if you're uh, if you're in the service industry, um, you can apply directly for money. Say, hey, I I I lost my job, as did you know all these I, other. They'll people. believe you. They uh, will definitely yeah, believe right. you. But uh, yeah, one fair wage is also a big fund where you can apply directly. It's a little bit more broad. Uh, the the sort of the types of jobs that they're they're looking to fund uh, unemployment for, but uh, but yeah, there there's a lot of uh, good just big piles of money to to throw yourself into so to the, help people out. Absolutely, and please do if you can.
Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. So the question is, how is Donald Trump doing in the eyes of the American people? I want to point to this poll. It might surprise some of you because it certainly surprised you. I sent it to Travis and he did a ha ha uh, (laughs) in the uh, in the text message because it is kind of laughable, but also it is serious. This is an ABC News and Ipsos poll regarding how is Donald Trump handling the coronavirus pandemic? So, of course. He got flack because on Twitter, which, God, I wish he was off. I wish Twitter would. If you could explode a part of the Internet, I would do that to Twitter. He called it a hoax, said this is nonsense. He's listening to Jared Kushner for some reason, who is just a 37-year-old con man uh, who is born into wealth. As we know from James Dolan, the worst owner in sports, uh, people who are born wealthy are somehow just naturally dumber. I don't know why. Calling it a hoax, Donald Trump calling it a hoax, saying it's not real. That set him back because it's not a hoax and it's very real. However, in the most recent poll, uh, again, this is ABC News and Ipsos, it found that 55% of Americans approve of the way that Trump is handling the outbreak. Uh, It's a 12-point increase from the poll taken March 11th through March 12th that found just 43% approved of his management. And the increase in public approval comes as the Trump administration has announced, again, its measures that it's taking when it comes to the coronavirus. Um, and that is, uh, of course, the the uh, $2 trillion bill and the $1,200 one-time payout to people who make $75,000 or less. So my question here is this. When it comes to the Democratic Party, let no tragedy go unused, both from the DOJ perspective and from a political perspective. I'm not a crazy conspiracist. No one created this virus. It happened in Wuhan, China. That is where it began. God knows what occurred there. The CIA didn't create it. This factory is a nat- fa- factory farming. Factory farming. And very it, it most created likely. this. It's which most will, likely. By the way, this is not the this is not the end all be all virus. This is no. going. This is basically the beginning of a, a, a an era of of pandemics perhaps this is the columbine for of viruses where we'll begin to see more and more uh deaths go on throughout the years the democratic party had an opportunity politically to use this as an example of how they would provide better leadership yes nowhere to be found is Joe Biden. <laughs> Nowhere to be found. Maybe he's at an old country buffet somewhere regaling someone with stories of of 1970 bowel movements. I don't know what he's doing. He gave a meandering 10-minute presentation where he cannot keep his train of thought. No. It is so scattered in the strangest of ways. 
you feel like he doesn't know what day of the week it is. I didn't know what day of the week it was before here, but I'm blaming that on coronavirus, not my brain. You feel like he is, he just doesn't provide you with any certain, he doesn't provide you with certainty that things are going to be okay. The Democratic Party somehow now looks worse than the Republican Party in the handling of the pandemic. And the president of the United States just two months ago called the entire thing a hoax. So if you're the Democratic Party, the silver lining for you is Joe Biden doesn't have to go campaign. Joe Biden does not have to go. He threaten, can't. He can't, he can't campaign. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't have to go threaten more human, uh, 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 union uh, yeah. laborers. Joe Biden doesn't have to go regale people with stories about grits. Joe Biden doesn't have to be seen. And if you're the Democratic Party and you want to get Joe Biden through this process as the best damn gift you could ever be given. The fact that Joe Biden doesn't have to work you would, for the nomination. You would think that, but all of his press conferences look like the intro to Tales of the Crypt. It is insane. It is. I mean, the thing about Trump, we, so we've had Trump now for three and a half years. He speaks in a way, it is it is incoherent in sense, in a sense, but it is the same as he's always spoke. You know what I'm saying? He circles like uh, if you get a chance, listen to our interview. It may have been. Yes, it was Abe Lincoln's top hat many years ago, about maybe four, four years ago or so. We interviewed Anthony Atamanik. Anthony yes. Atamanik does the greatest Trump impression. He is the soul of Donald Trump. And he was talking about how Trump speaks. He has a point. He circles it, circles it, circles it, comes back to it. Really mesmerizing way of speaking now i'm you might be surprised but it is it is mesmerizing it is like you're looking at a therapist like one of those spinning wheels i mean he's it's, doing it's captivating like, it's it's like verbal parkour yes it he, is he's just sort of bouncing off things and then and trying to always sort of keep his footing yes but absolutely. never really doing anything on purpose yes i, I totally agree we're we're used to that now yes so yeah, i can yeah. kind of decode what he is saying Nothing is ever the greatest. Nothing is ever the biggest. You know, this is all hyperbole with Biden. It's not like he was speaking six, uh, four years ago. This is not how he was speaking four years ago, or at least not how I recall he was speaking four years ago. And when he loses a train of thought, there is no circling back. And I'm just a little bit concerned when we do finally get to the debates, Biden versus Trump. I am just slightly concerned that as uh, Gulata said that he might said to Mike Tyson that Trump is going to wrap Biden in a cocoon of horror. <laughs> I just don't know if he can keep it up. I don't think that he he doesn't seem to have the ability to remember the sentence that he said two sentences ago. Well, anything he says, he very quickly right after saying something he seems like he's ready to give up yes he's just done he's ready to give up on anything you know and there was a uh he was on cnn doing a, a sort of talking head appearance and uh the host i forget her name but she said you know oh, what do you what do you think about trump doing all these crazy saying these crazy things misleading people about the about the coronavirus pandemic and he said oh you know i don't i i i, I don't like how he's saying all this nonsense and then he pauses and he says oh i shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have said that. That was mean. Or so. Did, did you see this? I didn't he, see he's, that one. He backs down, and this, and the CNN host tries to sort of embolden him. He's like, no, no, he's he's misleading people, and he's like, yeah, but I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to talk bad about anyone. I don't know, dude. What you are the guy. You are now the guy, and you can't even talk shit about Trump when you're like, 
you're like holed up in your your hologram prison like yeah. you're you're safe from him he's not going to come for you it he, is right now he he can't he has nothing else to do except uh listen to fauci and yeah. uh recommend people drink fish tank cleaner and i do believe that fauci should be the one speaking at all the press conferences he probably doesn't want to but they are correct that uh, the donald trump press conferences you get more mistruth than you do truth and it would be nice uh, to have a candidate that you could rely on to at the very least pretend they're telling the truth better than here's here's Trump. my, here's my uh, bold prediction oh after easter we will not see very much of dr fauci uh, as far as a white house uh organ because i i think once because tr- what trump is trying to do right now as of late he's saying you know i want to reopen the country i want to reopen the economy yes by easter and he's basically saying as far as the pandemic is concerned jesus take the wheel <laughs> I don't I, I don't want to deal with it. And I think we I think if we just let let the floodgates open, it'll sort itself out. Um, and I think once that happens and it becomes clear that that's a mistake, I think Trump will have to clamp down on dissent from somebody like Dr. Fauci, who will say this is I can't I can't stifle my uh, dissent anymore. This is incredibly uh, foolish and dangerous for you to do. I think we'll hear less and less from Dr. Fauci, at least from the White House. I, I think that's extremely possible. At some point, the politics are going to shift, and the American people, because in a, in, in a in a political sense, yes. would prefer to have at least the illusion of an open economy again, and uh, and the illusion of safety. And, and he's and Trump is, is willing is. to. He's doing the herd herd immunity thing, where which is going to uh, include a lot of dying old people. But as we found from uh, who is it, Lieutenant. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas. Oh, yeah. uh, old people are willing to throw their bodies on the. the you know, a lot of people criticize Dan Patrick for that, but I was happy to hear it. <laughs> I, I'm um, happy to see him. If he wants to spill his blood, if he if, yes, if but, he wants to cut slit his throat over right. the Dow, I, I, I I'm here for it. But of course, the irony is Lieutenant Dan Patrick is going to be just fine. Absolutely. He literally just gave up. He just gave up all the old <laughs> yes. people that were his friends. Be like, no, bro, I don't want to die for these little youth Nazis. These social. These social. <laughs> Uh, which, of course, is very ironic because if you recall in 2008, the Republican Party was hell bent on the notion that Barack Obama was going to bring death panels to to, uh, to health care. And now we are literally hearing a lieutenant governor of a conservative state say, if they die, they die. I'm happy that they would die because my generation just wants to preserve the, the future for the youth, which is. I think he's definitely speaking out of turn. The majority of old people I know would much prefer the youth to die and they stay alive. Yeah, but I, hey, what but, do I know? But uh, I mean, yeah, Biden is. Have you? Did you read this Atlantic piece that basically said like all Biden has to do is be a core a, a warm body in the room. He does not have to do anything because he can't. Well, he can't me, fundraise. He can't campaign. No, and he cannot speak English at this point. So what he needs <sighs> to do is just show up in he needs to like do cameos in TikTok well, videos the question is how important is the vp choice going to be for joe biden it might be the thing he might as well the vp may as well just be the president so who is he going to choose someone like a stacy abrams who i'm a fan of or someone like amy klobuchar who a lot of people are talking about how she could get 30 percent of the democratic party that is not with or maybe 25% of the Democratic Party that is not with Bernie Sanders and then 25% of the Republicans uh, that are not with Donald Trump. This is sort of like middle ground. 
I don't know if that's a coalition that can hold. I'm not sure if that would work, but that really is the question. Who is his VP going to be? But, but without a <laughs> doubt, Joe Biden is a Trojan horse. He needs something to energize. But he is well, the, he does. I'm not sure he, if Klobuchar is going to do no, it. No, no, no. He is. He has the the life and charisma of a dead dove and a magician's well, carry-on luggage. Right he now, he needs the freakazoid to be his pre- his ooh. vice president. Something at the the inverse of Joe Biden. Freakazoid. I love that. Right now, Joe Biden is a Trojan horse for the Obama staff. Uh, Rahm Emanuel, uh, Eric Holder, Susan Rice. Pod Save America. Pod Save America. Those, oh my God, those heroes. Um, so, so relatable. They're very smart. Yes. Did you know I, that they're smart? Well, and you know they're smart because they're not funny. Uh, <laughs> and that's how you know someone is very smart. It's not the opposite. No, 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 no. Thank God. Thank God they're out there on the front lines fighting for the establishment. He is a Trojan horse for all. And so... The problem is you're not voting for Biden because he's not a he's a shell. You are voting for the people inside of this Russian doll, which are, in my personal opinion, total scumbags. John Podesta, Rahm Emanuel. Now, that being said, uh, I do. Man, it's going to it's going to be tough. I had a, a, a listener ask me the question when I was in Orlando when it comes to Biden. How are we going to coalesce around him? And I am I'm working on I, I'm working because, again, we read some of his policies last week. And I agreed with most of them. I really did. So if his if he can articulate his policies that I like and agree with, then I then that, I think we're going to be okay. That's all Trojan horseshit, though. I really I I really do. Well, think I don't know that what he believes. I don't think he knows how to believe anything. Yeah, anymore. no, there's nothing there. He's that is all for the benefit of the Bernie base. I think saying saying touting all these progressive things, the the people that actually back Biden don't yeah. care. Well, we talk about. Why does it matter who the president is? And it's not necessarily just who is in the executive office. It's also judges. I want to talk about this story here real quick before we end up. This story to me went totally under the radar because news doesn't cover anything other than, again, the the Mucinex cousin. We talk about judges and how important they are. But even the left-leaning judges that we put into the Supreme Court in this case let us down. In this case, it was Justice Alina Kagan. The Supreme Court, this is an article from Slate, and I did not know that this was Slate's catchphrase. Do you, can you guess what Slate's catchphrase is? Keeping it real. No, it's like an obedient dog off leash. That's not really what it is. I swear to God. <laughs> Slate, like an obedient dog off leash. Holy hell. That is the worst catchphrase I have ever heard, which is why I very, very, very rarely look at Slate. I think it's one of the worst websites Slate, out there. Slate, like a cat puking on your socks before you have to go to work oh, who wants to be an obedient dog off what the hell are you talking about you you anyway so the supreme court it let states this was a decision it was elena kagan and five republicans they decided that states no longer need to require the insanity defense which has been a uh something that the courts have used for a long time in order to prevent people who are mentally incompetent from going to prison. Obviously, it happened uh, with the man who, uh, Hinckley, who shot Ronald Reagan. He went to a mental psych ward, which he he's still there. Obviously, the man was crazy. I believe that the insanity defense, when used appropriately, is absolutely needed. We need to send people to hospitals, not just prisons, specifically people who are truly insane. 
Nonetheless, states can now do away with it. The case was Collar versus Kansas. Uh, it was a mur- it was brought by a dude named James Collar. He killed his estranged wife and her family. Obviously, absolutely horrible. He wanted to argue at trial that he was not guilty of murder charges because of severe mental illness, which kept him from thinking straight. Uh, but in 1995, Kansas had changed its criminal law in a way that prevented Collar from raising the insanity defense. In his petition to the Supreme Court, Collar asked whether the due process clause allows states to, quote, abolish the insanity defense. This is a tricky argument. Most due process arguments are about process, but Collar's argument was about substance. It sought limits on a state's ability to define crimes. Most criminal law rules probably aren't old enough or important enough to be called fundamental, but the insanity defense is that old and important. In fact, the majority opinion in Collar seems to admit such, saying, quote, Collar is right that for hundreds of years, jurists and judges have recognized insanity, however defined, as relieving responsibility for a crime. So the court uh, upheld Collar's conviction. However, Kagan's majority opinion said that the Kansas that Kansas did not abolish the insanity defense. It merely changed the defense, which is absolutely not true. The majority relied on two aspects of Kansas law to support its claim that Kansas has abolished the insanity defense laws that identify mental illness as a mitigating sentencing factor and a law that says it is a defense to a prosecution that, quote, the defendant as a result of mental disease or defect lacked the culpable mental state required. So now those are out the window. The Supreme Court has said that you can states can do away with the insanity defense, which, again, just weakens defense in this country. Uh, And I feel like this is a horrible, horrible uh, decision. Obviously, the dissent were the three liberals. Kagan is supposedly a liberal. But as we've seen time and time again, criminal justice reform is a bipartisan thing in the negative. You know, you look at all those crime bills, all that stuff is passed by Democrats. Um, So why does this matter? The caller majority refused to characterize what Kansas did as abolishing the insanity defense. For one thing, this sleight of hand is what made caller lose this case by saying that Kansas had changed its insanity defense rather than saying it abolished it. The majority was also able to say caller was really just arguing in favor of a particular type of insanity defense. Then the majority over the objections raised in the dissent concluded there, there was not enough historical evidence in favor of that particular insanity defense. Uh, well, explaining that there is no single formulation of the insanity defense rule that garnered a settled consensus, the court declared, quote, no insanity rule in this country's heritage or history was ever so settled as to tie a state's hands centuries later. Perhaps the court meant only to say that states are free to experiment with their own uh, insanity defense rules. But given what the majority upheld in Kansas, we know that those experiments can include, quote, a defense that in reality provides no protection at all. So uh, I think this is a bad Supreme Court ruling. In this country, we have the idea of the assumption of innocence, innocent until proven guilty. But as we see time and time again, that rule does not exist in reality. And that's why what turned I was thinking about this during the Joe Exotic Tiger King documentary. And obviously, Joe Exotic is charged with hiring a hitman. Go and watch that documentary. We talked about it with Henry. I talked about it with Henry on Side Stories. But there's a character that comes in that really set up Joe Exotic. And all the news coverage is just Joe Exotic is being charged with no news coverage on Carol Baskin. 
Who is the accuser? Sometimes we also need to look at the accuser. What's their motivation? Why are they trying to destroy this person? Carol Baskin, most likely a murderer. So I just want, we have to remember in this country that defense is not, it's not something that is like questionable. It is something that must be. It's constitutional. And I just don't like the erosion of defense ideas. I thought more immediately questionable was the fact that Jeff Lowe got no time. Jeff the- the guy that strategized with 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 Joe, or this might be no, that's okay. You territory. can say it. There's a guy named Jeff who sets up Joe, and he is an absolute such scumbag. A scumbag. This is a this is a a world that I ne- I guess I just assume existed, but never really thought about. Oh He's the God. type of guy who brings tiger cubs in luggage to Las Vegas hotels to get laid by the Instagram models that hang about in the He's casinos disgusting. and stuff. The man is disgusting. Everyone in that is disgusting. Other, even, you know, I'm, te- I'm just team Joe. I'm sorry. I'm saying it. I don't care. He, he's not. Okay. No he, one's perfect. No is, one is perfect. He is a, mo- there, there is a very touching moment where he has a sort of about face moment where he poignantly looks back at, you know, was I the one, was I the jailer for these animals? And that, that shows you that he has a heart yes, at the center of all this. But man, he fucking his his ego well, took him in, on a strange journey. Joe got twenty two years in prison. Harvey Weinstein, a serial rapist, got twenty three years in prison. I think there's something wrong with that. I feel like Joe is over sentenced. There, I mean, I feel some, a lot of people are over sentenced, and Harvey Weinstein, he's he did definitely did not do one year less of crimes than Harvey no, Weinstein. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely not. Harvey Weinstein needs to be gone. Some dark stuff, though. I mean, he did, he, like, executed animals because they got, he got too old to be cute. You know, like... No, that was Carol Baskin. Anyway, that's no, a whole... No, did it as well. Remember? He executed mm, six tigers. He may tigers. have blown up his own building, too. Anyway, and, that's... And, and the fact that he blew up his own building yeah. to destroy a reality show that he wanted to be on. I'm ear muffing. I'm ear... I'm going to live in willful willful ignorance. I'm, Team I'm, Joe. My, I'm being generous by saying there, <laughs> there is a heart at the center of there that you there do is. see glimpses of. You do. You do. But um, speaking of a heart, I do want to say one last okay, thing. Okay, okay. Um, speaking of, you know, criminal justice reform, uh, a lot of people's grandmas are gushing over, over Governor Cuomo. And there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of whispers about uh, you know whispers in the the hallways of the kingdom about <laughs> Are there? Cuomo being the like surprise Biden replacement. Uh-huh, I've heard that. Um, I just want you know this is not like a great governor. Uh, no. There seems to be like this this mass amnesia because he's so he's he is taking control of this situation, which by the way Cuomo helped create because he also delayed on uh on quarantine stuff uh, economically he might as well just be another republican but yeah. in economic yes but he's also the the person who is pushing back against criminal justice reforms in new york state great at the beginning of the year there was legislation that was really green lighted to stop cash bail uh which would have allowed uh people to go home and await their trials yep uh, instead of being put into jail cells, especially during a time where being put into a jail cell with a bunch of people is a hazard. Of course, now you can just hold them indefinitely. So, so this is not the I don't know. Like this is not. On, I'm looking at the Oprah Winfrey. Oh, you uh, better the Oprah Winfrey magazine website. Is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo single? The world is falling in love with him. Oh my God! Just All right. Dry, oh, I'm sorry. Dry it up a little bit because okay, he's oh. not the. I, I mean, if you are somebody who 
is willing to overlook uh, something as heinous as allowing someone to go to, to jail for some minor crime amidst a pandemic. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but the fact, we don't have j- weed, just legal weed that, or you know? anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. Cuomo is no savior. I'll tell you that much. But he's, another, he's another, a crisis daddy now. A son of a son of a governor, brother of a television personality. The man was born on born halfway to home base and is barely barely got there at all um so i don't see him i i just i do not trust him one bit he's he's extremely corrupt and albany is uh my god you think chicago is bad albany is right up there so um all right everyone well thank you all so much for listening hopefully hopefully you got a little bit more informed we will get through this stay at home watch watch programs i've been watching a lot of cheesy ass horror movies watching some wrestling um so just try to take care of yourself play some video games uh i'm playing division two the expansion pack in new york very fun i really do like it and uh so yes so stay safe stay healthy watch the monk watch the little you, you monk. Know, monk is kind of like batman in this universe now because he is yeah. monk was right it's an agoraphobic germaphobes dream and uh don't drink fish tank cleaner do not do it Nothing off of InfoWars. Don't get anything. No tactical bath. Just just stick with Mr. Bubbles. That's all you need. No, no need to militarize your bathtub. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.